What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Back to Film Code. It is officially season two. My name is Phoenix Cloud, and I'm super happy to be joined by all of our co-hosts once again, gearing up for the second season. Please welcome back, of course, Brandon. Brandon, how the hell are you, man? Man, I'm good, Phoenix. It, it, I'm at a loss of words here. It's after the last seven months of working every weekend at my job. I'm finally back full time to Film Code. It's great to be kicking off season two with you guys. Life has been moving for all of us, I'm sure. A lot of stuff has been going on, but we are back. It is so great to be back with everybody and kicking off season two. Awesome. And also joining us this week, uh, hopefully for the rest of the, the season, Nick this Spain. Week. Right. Nick, how are you, man? Well, your favorite co-host uh, or guest host is doing good. Um <laughs> first set up in the in the new place uh, just got moved in so crazy like brandon said life definitely has been moving we have all been going in different directions so it's finally great to be back on a on a good old sunday morning and and sit down and, and talk movies with you guys absolutely and of course last but not least joined once again by the great nathan pig nathan how are you sir I'm good, Phoenix. Thanks. Thank you for that introduction, by the way. Yes. Um, it's going well. I'm, I'm so happy that we're all back. It's been a while since we've recorded because, you know, life has been life for us <laughs> lately. Um, but that's OK. We're all back together starting this new season of Film Co. We've got a bunch of new stuff for you guys, a bunch of good stuff that we sat down and thought long and hard about how to make this show a little bit better. And I think you're going to like what we have in store. So nonetheless, uh, really excited to be back with you guys. You would please give the show a follow over on Twitter, on TikTok, and on Instagram. All three of those ads are at Film Code Pod. We'd really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Hope you enjoy. Excellent. And like Nathan said, this is the second season, and we're doing things just a little bit differently. Uh, first off, we're going to go back, back in time, and we're going to try to revisit some classic movies. I wouldn't, I don't know if they're classics, but definitely some familiar films that we all enjoy. And we're starting our second season with a film that you guys chose on Twitter at Film Cold Pod. You picked this movie for us and we're super happy to dive into it and talk about it. And that movie is of course, Back to the Future, a classic film starring Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox, a fantastic film. First off, I wanna ask, um, you guys, uh, uh, Brandon, I believe you've seen this before, but I, I'm curious, is this, was this a first time watch for you guys or a rewatch or a, a new rewatch or how, how did it go for you? I don't even have to bother rewatching it if I'm being 100% honest with you. <laughs> this is one of those films that like, if you asked me to quote the entire thing, I could quote the entire thing. Wow. I've seen this film too many times. <laughs> I was going to say, Nathan, Nathan and I, um, I, I know for me at least, I didn't rewatch it because we had watched it uh, only a couple months ago. It wasn't like my first time watching it, but it was my first time logging it on Letterboxd, so my first time seeing it in a couple years. I had seen it a few times like in high school and middle school and when I was younger, but yeah, this is my first first uh, log on Letterboxd. Nice. Yeah, uh, as for me, I'm in that weird gray area of have seen it before, but was too young to really remember any of it. Um, I, I, I didn't like it when I was younger. I'll just straight up say that. Like I didn't like it when I was younger. I was not excited to watch it again because I didn't like it, but I was also nine or 10. So take that as you will, but watching it again as a 21 year old, um, absolutely loved it. So are we calling that a rewatch? Are we not? I, I don't know. You well, can decide. I don't that. know. Well, actually, me and Nathan are in the same boat because I, I hadn't watched this uh, since I was a kid either. And then I, I rewatched it just last night. Um, I also was like not super high on it when I was younger. So getting a chance to rewatch it uh, as an adult has definitely uh, added a new feel for me to it. So uh, I'm really excited to get into it. Brandon, because you know this movie so well, I want you to kick us off with your, your thoughts on Back to the Future. Are we breaking the spoiler seal already, or? I think, I think. I mean, this movie's like this 40 years old, 30, so right? I get, okay. All right. Spoilers. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it yet. Spoilers. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. 
All right. So for me, um, overall, I just absolutely love this film. It is actually ranked, I think, number two on my favorites of all time. So, um, but it's just so well done. Um, I I think when Robert Zemeckis first thought of this film, I think he thought of, okay, we're just going to have him go back in time and spend time with um, his parents. Because, like, the original idea for him was, um, his original idea for this film was, huh, I wonder what it would have been like if I were to be able to go back in time and go to high school with my dad. Would we have been friends? (laughs) And it's so good. Like, but, like, because he goes back in time, he accidentally screws up the uh, the moment where his parents are supposed to meet and fall in love and he has to rectify that mistake and it's so well done because you have Biff as this bully point and George finally stands up to Biff and it's just one of those moments because like, I remember they were showing it at my theater last year um, I went and saw it and just everybody clapped at that moment. And it's just, it was just so awesome of like a theater experience to be able to see it in theaters. And it's great. But I'm, I'm a jumbled mess right now. But overall, I love this film. Second greatest film of all time. But yeah, yeah, we'll there, get more. We'll get, yeah, we'll get more there, into it in a minute. There is a lot to unpack there, uh, Brandon. But um, yeah, I just I just want to talk about Robert to make his direction on this. Um it was phenomenal. You know, Robert Zemeckis is obviously one of the iconic directors, one of the more storied directors, um, known for doing Forrest Gump, Castaway, uh, some other ones that... Polar Express. Just, yes, the Polar Express, of course, just off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, Back to the Future. So the direction here was phenomenal. The script was great as well. Uh, most people don't know Steven Spielberg was a producer on this movie as well, so... When you've got the support and uh, the voice of Spielberg at your table, chances are you're going to be putting out a good movie. Not always, but chances are you will be putting Ch- out a good movie. Chances are pretty good, yes. Yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed this. I really did. Um, again, like talking about expectations, since I had seen this when I was younger, since I've seen all the memes and uh, never truly understood them, I kind of thought that Doc was going to be cringe. Um, I kind of thought that this was going to be extremely dated. And I think that's the biggest thing, too, is I was like, okay, this movie's from, what, 85? Um, I feel like this is going to be extremely dated, especially him going back. And then what what time period is that? Then the 60s, the 50s? The 50s. Yeah, geez. Like, oh, my gosh. I was like, this is going to feel so dated. And it didn't. It really didn't. Um, they better not touch this movie ever uh, because it's just it's not necessary. I've one of my favorite YouTubers too, Sean Chandler, talked about how like he thinks this movie would benefit from an updated reboot with cell phones and and everything like that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So, just want to talk about Zemeckis and how timeless this movie feels, which is funny because they're literally messing around with time, but it's timeless. Well, they're not going to touch this film because it's already released in 4K, so they're nice. not going to touch it. <laughs> you never we, know. We don't make those decisions. Right, so. right. I was going to say. Um, for me, I think, you know, touching on, on all these things that the other guys have said, I think if you were to show somebody like an alien, like that came from Earth, a movie for the first time, like you would pick a first movie to show them, I think this would have to be one of the first movies that you had to show them because it just has a perfect balance of all the, the genres that is in movies today. You got the comedy aspect, you got the coming of age aspect, you got the, the drama aspect, you got the, the sci-fi aspect. There's just so many different genres that go into this film. And I think they're all perfectly balanced and that's why it works so well you can have comedy and sci-fi in one in one scene. So I think this would be a perfect movie to show to somebody if they were like, I want to watch my first ever movie. I also am I'm a sucker for, for time travel movies. I think the concept of time travel is, is so interesting and the ideas that you can play with with the time travel movie. And this was kind of the pinnacle time travel movie. I feel like this is the first big one or maybe even one of the first ever. So I feel like 
the them playing with all the time travel aspects while also getting into everything that time travel has like the grandfather paradox and, and him fading from the picture. Um, all that is, is super entertaining, super interesting. So, yeah. um, and I would love to, to interject yeah. there for a moment is because you brought up the time travel aspect obviously is, is a massive part of this film. They make the time travel aspect so easy to understand, mm-hmm. you know, in today's world, in, in 2021, there are so many time travel movies. There's so many different rules. There's so many normalcies that we expect in a time travel movie. But there are time travel movies that are just insanely hard to understand. Uh, Tenet. Um, <laughs> and then... And it's not, not time that, travel. But, but even, even yes. Avengers Endgame, like, you can understand it on the baseline, but there are other parts of it that are quite hard to understand from the time travel perspective. And I, I'm not the only one that, that thinks that. Like, a lot of people don't understand the time travel element in Endgame because it's it's so layered and so complicated. But with Back to the Future, they made it so easy to understand. Like, I, I couldn't write a novel about how the time travel in the, in the story works or anything, but I never had any questions about what was what, who was who, what they needed to do. And I think for... The 80s, especially where time travel movies were not as normalized as they are now, that's pretty great. It really is. Okay. Well, I'm going to be the contrarian here. Uh, the contrarian? Yeah. I really hated this movie. I'm be honest wow. with you. I thought it was terrible. Uh, no, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, he loves um, the emoji yeah, movie. A, I was gonna say it was a really weird spot to bring that up. Yeah, no, I was no. Say, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, I'm kind of treating this as like a first time watch, and so like because I hadn't seen it in so long. It's just so funny noticing things now that, you know, probably in 1985, I would have glanced over or wouldn't wouldn't have thought so much about. Um, like what? Like, I, like will, what? I will say, like, as much I enjoy the latter half of this movie a lot, like a, a ton. The first, like, 10 minutes were excruciating. <laughs> because everyone is, like, overacting out of this world. Like, it's so egregious. It's so noticeable. It's one of the things I was like, oh God, like us, oh, an 80s movie. It just, it that that just like sh- like shook me, like, oh wow, that's that's how we're kicking off this film. But as it went on, I think everything you guys said is is true. I love what they do with the time travel aspect. Uh, I love the, the the character building of Marty. I think he's great. Um, I did love I love Christopher Lloyd. I've loved my my main attachment to Christopher Lloyd has been from Clue. So seeing him in this was like hilarious just knowing like this is uh this is the franchise that pretty much is is the basis for his entire celebrity so it's just great to see that again and yeah the delorean the delorean was sweet <laughs> and what you said about it being feeling might feeling uh might feel dated i i totally understood that because that was a feeling that i had going in and there's still, you know, you know, you see the like classic 1980s uh, visual effects or whatever. That's still there. But as far as like the story itself and the characters, it doesn't feel dated at all. It feels like rich and real. And the, the, the thing that scares me is like the last time I saw this, I was really uh, weary about seeing the sequels just because I was like, I feel like this movie is perfect. Like, I feel like the idea, the concept, the way it was executed is perfect. And I am terrified <laughs> that it gets distorted or, or, or messed up along the way somehow. So I still, even after watching this again, I am still weary of, of seeing the sequels. I don't know how they, they turn out. I probably will never see them just going by my own track record. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we're aware of that track record. <laughs> right, exactly. So, but... um. I'm, I really like this movie. Like, I'm, I'm super happy with it. It's fantastic. I, it's not one of my favorites. I can't put it up that high, um, but I loved it. I thought it was great. All right, Phoenix. Say, where, um, where is this on, on everybody's favorite films? Because I think it's on Nathan's. It's obviously Brandon already mentioned it. Um, Phoenix, you already mentioned it. Is uh, it on anybody else's favorites? 
it would be in my favorites, but it would be like if I was doing like maybe my 250 Jesus, favorite films. 250. <laughs> 250. Yeah. Oh my I, I watch a lot of movies, guys. <laughs> yeah, so we we all do, but 250. <laughs> Talk about I mean, letting not, everyone into the party. I mean, Jesus. I'm not saying it's two. It's not hand 250th, out. but like you know, everyone gets hand, a ticket hand to the out party. participation <laughs> ribbons. Like you made the you made a movie. Here's I a, gave I gave this movie three stars. It's on my favorite. <laughs> Jeez, when's Jingle Jangle getting an invite to the party? Oh my god, that might be like at 300. Oh man, <laughs> Phoenix has cuties at 50. <laughs> Probably, geez. Coming in at number one twelve is Jingle Jangle. I just <laughs> love Forrest Whitaker in this movie. Oh, no, man. but for real. Um, so I I need to do a rework of my top thirty five. Um, the last time that I redid it was probably October, November. So watched a lot of great movies since then. This included. I do need to do a reworking of my top thirty five, which includes a reworking of the top ten as well. I don't think Back to the Future is going to touch the top 20, but um, definitely that top 35, it's, it's got a chance. That's something that I plan on reworking here in the next few weeks. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of see where that ends up. But at the current moment, no, it's not part of that in the rework uh, TBD. TBD. I'll tell you what won't be there. Jingle Jangle won't be there. <laughs> All right, I, so I still Phoenix, think we need to watch Emily Runs a Marathon. I still need to see yeah. what that is. <laughs> So Phoenix, you mentioned the sequels. Um, I'll be honest, the sequels are actually pretty good. Um, mm. Honestly, like compared to like Die Hard sequels, Shrek sequels, Star except Wars for sequels. Shrek Two, Star Wars sequels, the Harry Potter sequels. The only, what? The ones that what? the ones that work are sh- all right. Shrek One and Two works. Back to the Future One, Two, and Three works. All the Harry Star Potters Wars work. works. All the Harry Potters work. What doesn't work is Die Hard. Star That's Wars the one thing I regret work. watching the sequels for. Okay. Jurassic Park sequels don't work either. That's very true. Okay. All right. So going off of Brandon's recommendation, I will eventually check out two and three. I've added them to my Netflix watch list. So I'll come to them within the next 10 years. Jaws sequels it. don't work. <laughs> That is true. Jaws sequels sequels do not work. Um, Obviously, they do. You bought the freaking poster. This is is not mine. Uh, (laughs) These are property of my father's. Um, My posters involve, you know, sequels that do work, the Spider-Man sequels. But regardless, um, sticking to the movie we're talking about here, guys. Um, I was going to say, we easily sidetracked it today. I really love the ending of this movie. You know, everyone's got stuff they love in movies. Um, I I feel like a great ending impacts me more than it does maybe a normal viewer, whereas someone is like, wow, that's a great ending. That was cool. I'm hyped. I just, a great ending puts me on the floor. It just does. Like, I'm a sucker for great endings, and this ending blew me away. Sure, it's iconic. We all know the the ending line, Um, but, but just... The way that it's set up, not just the true ending line, but how it all goes. Everything worked out. It's going to be happily ever after. The story's all tied up, put a nice little bow on it, and you're ready to go. And then it's like, whoa, wait, wait, we got to go do it again. It's your kids. Like, just <laughs> taking this whole concept. And it was such a cliffhanger, too. It's, it, it really is. It's such a cliffhanger. And I think that's so great, especially because at the time, they didn't know they were getting a sequel. Mm-hmm. They did not know that. Guys, this is so important. Please, if you're listening, this is really important because we live in a world today where they make a movie and based on how it does opening weekend, they'll announce a sequel or they'll already know there's a sequel coming even if the first movie flops. When the Back to the Future was made, they had no idea if they were going to get a greenlit sequel or not, but they decided to put that ending in there just in case. And that is just so cool to me. It's so fascinating because movies nowadays, like I said, movies nowadays, if they don't have an announced sequel, they hardly end on a, on a cliffhanger. They hardly do. I can't think of a movie that I went to the theater to go see that ends on a cliffhanger that didn't already have a sequel announced. I, I really can't think of it. So 
the fact that they did that back in the eighties, I, I just think that's so cool. I really do. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, the ending is part of the reason why I I was hesitant for seeing the sequels is because I just thought it was a perfect bow on the end. A really, really perfect. I mean, just an original story, original concept, done expertly well, executed executed well, so of its time, so original, still still like, you know, effective and classic in that sense. And just, you know, like in my opinion, this this movie could have gone for another 20 years without a sequel. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it was just that fresh, that original. It it could have been a standalone, in my opinion. So I, I love it. I love exactly that. Also want to point out one thing. One of my favorite composers, like I would I would argue top three. And I did not know he did this movie. Alan Silvestri, mm-hmm. the same guy who did Avengers Endgame was also the composer for this film. So seeing that, I was just like, all right, I, I love this movie automatically. <laughs> Alan Silvestri is amazing. So, and he killed it. So it was just great to see that. Yeah, so I want to talk about a couple things uh, with this movie specifically. So um, this movie did have some trouble getting off the ground production-wise. Um, the Basically, the, so Nick talked about earlier how there's so many different elements to this movie and comedy is being one of them. So a lot of people who had a say in the production of this movie felt like the comedy aspect was not strong enough. The popular comedies at that time were Animal House, Fast Times at mm. Richmond High, and Back to the Future was considered too docile or tame mm-hmm. back then. So they wanted it to be a little bit more similar to the style of those comedies that I just mentioned, a little bit more raunchy, I guess would be a good word for it. Um, so the script was rejected approximately 40 times. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes it was rejected multiple times by the exact same studios. And really this it got movie, rejected by Disney too. This movie had no true supporters from outsiders, people that did not work on it. Wow. Um, except for they had one huge supporter and that was Steven Spielberg, who right. would eventually go on to be part of the production team. But at the time, before Spielberg was involved, he was really the only true person that was supportive of this script. And it's cool to know that, I mean, approximately 40 times getting rejected. That's, that is a ton. That <laughs> is a ton. Um, so for Spielberg to come in and, and really be a big believer in it, I mean, that's, that's incredible. I just think that's that's a great story. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing See, um, considering that the that if this had Animal House or Fast Times at Ridgemont High's level of comedy, I probably would have hated it. Like to be perfectly honest with you, this is just this is a movie that needed no raunchy comedy. I mean the the aspect alone of going back in time and having your mother fall in love with you is, I think cringe and uncomfortable enough where you don't need raunchiness to to add to that that was that was really like that that whole concept had me thinking like if i went back in time and my mom wanted to i'd be like i'm gonna puke like like that's awful (laughs) that's absolutely awful not not even that but i feel like the comedy is so wide in in its kind of way that it does i mean like even like you said phoenix the, the mom falling in love with what would be her future son yeah. and her calling him calvin because <laughs> he has calvin klein underwear like that's just so like naive right but it's hilarious right. like what would you think why would you think somebody has has their yeah. name written on their underwear like that's just <laughs> I mean, and then you have the, you know, the terrorist group coming after Doc for stealing the plutonium and not, not giving him back. And then him literally getting killed in the, in the theater or in the, the parking lot of a mall. Like, that's just so out there as it is. Like, and then he has the, um, the spacesuit coming in. And of course, right. the kids reading the comments. So it's not like humor that's in your face. But if you appreciate that type of humor, like, like mm-hmm. Animal House and, and Ridgemont High, like it's not in your face type of humor. It's just like 
subtly hilarious humor that I think is is what makes it work really well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, something that I want to mention is um, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Mar- uh, Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly was not the first pick. They originally went with um, Eric Stoltz and they were filming with him for a few months. And then um, he just wasn't working out. He was like, he was, he was hitting on all the women. Um, he was like, when he was off shooting, he was like, he was one of those method actors. They're like, he's like, call me Marty when we're, when we're walking around and all that. So they fired him (laughs) and they brought it and they, and they finally brought in Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox got like, literally two hours of sleep while filming this because he was filming family ties and this at the same time wow that's heavy duty bark yeah talk, <laughs> talk about yep having to know your lines and your <laughs> little mannerisms and all your movements on camera while filming two different things at once that's that's nuts that is yeah, especially that's... for at his age i mean if you were a seasoned actor nowadays when you got everything available to you that actors have i mean it would still be ridiculously tough, but you know, the greats film two things at once all the time nowadays. I mean, that is just fan fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. All right. <coughs> Excuse but me. Anyone yeah. got hey, do we got anything else? Well, sharing um, they got the oh, interesting sorry. facts. So um I remember hearing this a couple years ago i looked it up just to get it so universal pictures when they were like pitching the idea of the movie he the the universal head uh sid scheinberg he didn't like the back to the future title (laughs) he he was like nobody's gonna see a movie with with future in the title so he said that he should change the name get this to spaceman from pluto tying in like what i mentioned earlier with like the alien joke and and everything like that obviously um that never happened and it's kind of like uh um you know joke now (laughs) but i just i just think that that's kind of funny spaceman from pluto that's hilarious it's it is amazing too when you hear about some of these films from from years past and just how they were made and and the bumps and bruises that they had to go through to get made and some of the ridiculous things that they wanted to add or change or stuff like that and you sit up there you go thank god you know what i'm saying (laughs) thank god none of this went through because we could be talking about a totally different movie honest to god spaceman from pluto with animal house humor sounds like one of the worst movies i've ever seen in my life that stars eric stoltz like i'm okay with that movie that's that's probably in the top 10 worst movies of all time like (laughs) yeah it'll it would have been on jingle jangle level (laughs) it would have it really would have um it sounds like they're this movie almost was never made. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and even if it was, it would have had significant, significant uh, hindrance from studios and from execs. And mm-hmm. again, that's normal in today's world. I mean, look at what we just went through with the Snyder cut and everything like that. But again, back then, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, this is definitely interesting how much uh, fiddling went on with this, but it turned out for the better. Obviously, some things didn't happen, like the renaming the movie. But my goodness, such a troubled past for a great movie. Amazing. Ace Man from Pluto Two. Right. <laughs> All right. So I want to wrap this up, guys. Officially, officially, what is your final scores for Back to the Future? I know it seems crazy because it's it's such a classic film. If you have not seen it yet, you're you're just insane, or you were just born, whichever way. But uh, and you got the whole movie <laughs> spoiled for you, pretty much. Yeah, pretty a little much. bit listening. <laughs> so well, maybe- we don't know what happens at the end. We know that the mother falls in love. We know that he messed it up, but we never really spoiled the ending. So, so I mean, we don't so- we don't know how how it ends. So if you haven't seen it, a you're crazy. But we- B, there you go. You have a, a bunch of information to know now. We all turned it off 10 minutes before the end, so we couldn't spoil it for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I talked, I just talked about the iconic ending. No, just, right, but you, we're all kidding. We're all kidding. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. So, Nick, 
final grades for final rating, I should say, for uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, for me, it's a it's an A, which is a uh, 4.5 out of 5. Um, I love this movie. Like Nathan said, probably if I looked at my my top 32 films, it'd probably be in the in the 20s. Um, this is just one of those movies where you can just kind of turn on, have it in the background and just enjoy it immensely over and over again. It's not a movie that you need to take too seriously. It's just, it's just a fun time. And, and that's what's so great about it. Brandon, what about you? Exactly. Hey, you already know me, man. Five out of five, A plus. <laughs> I, it's just one of those films I love so much. I love the characters in this film. Um, this, this this movie really brought out a lot of actors that like I continue to love as as they're furthering the career. It's unfortunate to hear about Michael J. Fox um, with Parkinson's. Um, he he started a uh, something I just really want to quickly mention. They started a really good foundation. Um, it's called the Michael J. Fox Foundation, um, and it's just it's just an entire foundation and company re- uh, revolved around trying to find a cure for Parkinson's. And it's it's a great cause. Um, I say, if you if you have the money, please donate. Um, I, we we weren't we're not sponsored or anything to plug this. It's just something <laughs> I wanted to plug. But um, but yeah, um, but moving uh, moving past that, love this film. Great actors, a great story. The sequels live up to this film, and it's just so good. So definitely five out of five. If you haven't already, see this film. All right, Nathan, what do you got? Yep, I'm going with a four and a half out of five as well. Um, this just blew me away, really did. I don't have the nostalgia for it um, like a lot of people do as far as growing up on it. So watching this for virtually the first time as a 21-year-old, I was afraid that I had missed my window of loving it, but I really did. I was floored by it. Uh, like we discussed earlier, it may end up in my top 36 uh, or 35. We'll go ahead and, and find that out here shortly, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's a four and a half out of five. Definitely timeless. Uh, one of my favorite movie endings ever. And just really, really enjoyed the heck out of it. Nick and I uh, had a poster. It's Nick's poster with the best 100 movies of all time. And we went through and just grinded that out The uh, ever since the start of 2021. And that had 102 movies on it, despite it being called the best 100. And we ranked every single one. And uh, Back to the Future was on it. On my personal rankings, it comes in at 19 out of 102 movies. So definitely high praise from me. I know Nick's is probably around the same as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, really, really enjoyed this movie. And I could definitely see why it's a classic. Uh, I, too, do not have the nostalgia factor for this film. But watching it, I could totally see how in 1985, you know, to now, this boy is just close to everyone's heart. So me as well, I'm going with a four and a half out of five, uh, just purely off of that that ending. That ending's fantastic. The story, the way they executed the acting, it's it's all just really great. And it's such a film that like is timeless. It's such a classic. So for me, four and a four out four and a half out of five, mainly because that ten minutes, that first ten minutes is excruciating with the overacting, but uh, loved it, loved it, would highly recommend it, would definitely watch it again. And I will eventually, within the next 10 or 20 years, get to the sequels. So <laughs> uh, with that said, uh, we are going to move on to what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. Gentlemen, I know it's been crazy. What have you been able to see and what has been great for you? Nathan, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, um, I apologize, Nick, if I'm going to steal yours, but um, I'm going to go with Boyhood. Um, mm. This is a Richard Linklater film that Nick and I have been just really excited to watch lately. So our excitement and uh, love for this movie before even seeing it was probably a reason why we loved it so much. But regardless, I uh, got to watch this last week. This movie is is universally divisive for some reason. Like people hate it because uh, they claim that not a lot happens. But you know, if you're someone that loves action, if you're someone that 
need something to be happening at all times. This is not a movie you're going to enjoy. Let me just say that right off the bat. But if you love movies that tell a great story, a layered story, and are so real and something that, you know, you're not going to see Die Hard every day out in the normal world. You're not going to see Pulp Fiction out in the normal world. Um, And those are great movies as well. But Boyhood really is a movie that is similar to The Father, is similar to Marriage Story, is similar to these films that are true. And you could see this happening to everyday people. So um, really was just stunned by the beauty of it all. Um, For those of you that don't know, this film took 12 years to make because Richard Linklater wanted the cast to grow up organically instead of recasting everyone over over a span of showing uh, them all age. So can't say enough good things about this film. Really loved Boyhood, and and that's my what's good. All right, Nick, did did Nathan steal yours, or you got another one? Yeah, I was gonna say that that was at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nathan said, this this movie is is crazy. Um, this was the, nominated for Best Picture the same year that um, Boyhood or not Boyhood, um, Birdman won, which mm-hmm. I think it's an absolute crime that Birdman won over Boyhood. Just the fact that, like Nathan said, the fact that they used the same actors for 12 years, 12 years for this movie, I think alone deserve this to win Best Picture. So I think that this is one of the most robbery for Best Picture (laughs) over movies that deserve it. Um, I have a couple other movies that um, are maybe under the radar um and just were we're solid overall the first one is state of play this came on came out not on netflix but um it's not a netflix original is what i should say it came out in 2009 directed by um kevin mcdonald who is um directing the the mari Turanian, which just just came out but this movie is so yes this movie is so the one of the most randomly stacked casts that i've seen in a while so so get ready for this cast so we got russell crowe we got ben affleck we got rachel mcadams we got robin wright jason bateman jeff daniels um we got viola davis david harbour oh my god so (laughs) this cast is freaking stacked for for some reason i've eaten never even heard this movie it was it was pretty solid um you know not gonna blow your socks off but but a good solid movie and then um my Star Wars guy, Ewan McGregor, um, and Naomi Watts, and a young Tom Holland, um, and in The Impossible, which is about mm-hmm. the um, 2004 tsunami in the in Southeast Asia. Really great film. That is fantastic um, film. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. It's heartbreaking. It's devastating, but um, uh, a great movie as as well. So I I feel like that's my what's good. Um, it's been so long since we've all met on camera <laughs> that I had, and of course, Nathan stole boyhood. So of course I had to shout out some other ones. <laughs> all right, Brandon, what about you? What's been good for you, man? Um, for me, I've seen all of like, boy, it, 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 my recent films have been very scarce just because of how busy life has been. But I finally, finally, finally got around to seeing David Fincher's social network. Yes. Wow. Um, yes. Wow. Never, never like heard of that ago, one. But... Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> That's an under the radar one. <laughs> All right. Right. Just. I I really enjoyed this film. Um, it made me continue to not like Mark Zuckerberg. Um, I literally just I literally have three words in my review for Social Network. I'm not going to say it on here. So if you want to go ahead and just check out my review. Good uh, job, three Brandon. little words on there. <laughs> Good job, Brandon. Um, but I'm proud yeah, of you, Brandon. Um, I'm proud of yeah. you for not saying it. Yeah. <laughs> it it's it's. I it's think a we really can all film, use context um, clues and know what those three words yeah. are. Yeah, because two of them are Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. I know that for sure. <laughs> and I'm not going to say the other one because yeah, you, we're a PG you, show up in here. Yep, you guys. Uh, you guys can figure that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let you I'll leave it open to interpretation unless you want to check it out. Is it, but, is, um, it, is it good Mark Zuckerberg? Is that what it is? Love Mark, <laughs> Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. Love Mark Zuckerberg. 
<laughs> he Pass off, Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. <laughs> the Zuck, the Zuck. Right. Well, uh, we um, are we are obviously big uh, fans of the social network here. So I'm yeah. curious, Brandon, what what rating did you give that movie? Um, I actually gave it a five star. Um, yes, I think Jesse Eisenberg played a great part. Um, Andrew Garfield playing the role of the co-founder who got screwed over by Mark. Um, I really enjoy that aspect. I love how they kept jumping back and forth between um, like flashback scenes to the court case as like it was really edited well in that aspect too. I just overall, I think this film was this nominated for best picture. It yeah. was. It uh, was. Talk about the most criminal. That, that's the biggest that's robbery. Criminal. That's, that's what the it biggest is. Robbery. That's yeah, criminal. That's criminal. The King's Snooze Fest won over this. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. How? 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 Listen, listen. This won over Inception. Or this, the King's Speech won over Inception, too, which is, real quick, again, criminal. Real quick. Not only did the King's Speech beat the social network, but it also went up against Black Swan and Inception, That's which are all oh. which are all like staircases, mountains, no. <laughs> galaxies above the King's Snorefest. So, yeah. uh, regardless, I'm glad you loved it. Um, for those of you that aren't aware, this show collectively, if there was one kind of movie that defines film code, it's The Social Network. So, yeah, um, that and it, Emily runs a marathon. If you don't like the social network, I apologize. You're going to hear us talking about it quite a bit. But nonetheless, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's five stars across the board for five all of us on that movie, the by the way. Yes. Phoenix, wow. Phoenix, what documentary has been good for you? <laughs> I have not you watched gotten... my octopus teacher. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have not gotten around to watching any more documentaries yet. But uh, what I did see was a movie recently that I saw in the theaters that kind of flew under the radar. And, and I got to tell you, it was actually surprisingly really really good and that is really a movie that has come out recently that is good yes and it's called wrath of man starring uh jason statham uh guy ritchie directed film i'm loving this guy guy ritchie man i've seen like the past like three movies he's done this guy's good (laughs) oh you loved you loved the gentleman i actually did like the gentleman i thought it was a really great movie uh, we'll have to connect offline about that because i did not but oh but yeah, like uh, Wrath of Man, I think is amazing. Great, like pulse pounding thriller. It's a heist movie. Jason Statham just kills it. Like better than I've ever seen Jason Statham be in any movie. So it was really awesome to see that. Uh, great, great, great film. I encourage everybody to check it out. So that's Social Network, Wrath of Man, Boyhood, State of Play from us. If you haven't seen any of those movies, we highly encourage you to check them out. And that's been what's good from us here at Film Code. What's good, what's good, what's good. What's good, what's good, what's good. All right, guys. We are about to wrap up, but before we do... I just want to say this real quick before I give the code word for our next episode. Uh, I I went through all of season one, every episode, because throughout last season, I kept getting the count wrong for everyone's scores. So I officially have the correct count for everyone's scores. So I want to give that right now. So congratulations to Brandon. He winds up in last place, however, with only two (laughs) wins. So congratulations to you, sir. Myself and Nick Spain tied for second. We both ended up with five, which means that our code-breaking champion, give him a round of applause. He did it. He won it. 11 wins for Nick Nathan Pig. He freaking killed it. Great job. He is our season one film code, code-breaking champion. He holds the title. We're going to get him like a, a cardboard belt. That uh, that we're gonna take off of them this season, hopefully. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'd like to for that that belt. <laughs> I'd like to thank my parents for this win. You know, I like to thank my beautiful wife. Um, without their endless support, this would not be possible. I would not uh, only like to thank for... my mom and dad, but my parents. <laughs> thank you, my to, agent. Uh, 
Thank you to the production team, Phoenix, Brandon, Nick, for uh, your endless support. Thank you for my research team, me, myself, and I. What can I say? I mean, this win is just. Thank, thank you to Letterbox. <laughs> yes, it's, it's it's a big win. I uh, I really appreciate it. You know, it just feels like yesterday when I went from the uh, loss of Beasts of No Nation to right. American Sniper oh and just God. flipping the coin and getting that one wrong. So, you know, I'd be lying if I didn't say that motivated me to, to come out here and just deliver the best performance possible. Thank you to the Academy. Thank you to the voters. Um, and then I'm looking oh God, forward get to that mic away from your face. I'm looking forward to next season. So uh, God bless and, and thank you. So real quick, Phoenix, Nick and I were all together for the Oscars. And if y'all watch the Oscars, you know exactly what everyone was thinking at that best actor reveal. We were floored. We were for that. I don't think I don't think we spoke for ten minutes after. <laughs> like I, I don't think we said a word. Yeah, it was awful. So. Uh, all right. So before we get out of here, uh, real quick, I'm gonna give you guys the code word. So uh, let me see if I remember it. Because I've had this thing for about a month. <laughs> so super excited to share it with you guys. Your uh, your new code word this week is we're kicking it off is mullet. Congratulations. Your code word is mullet. <laughs> All right. And your movie takes place between 1982 and 1987. <laughs> All right. So we're staying in the 80s for this one. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of mullets in the 80s. Exactly. Uh, and your uh, other clue is your director has passed away. So your director is right. no longer with us. And your last clue is that a child star is in this movie. All right. Define child star. Like they're a star now and they were a child. I'm not telling you. No, that's that's <laughs> you, so subjective. Yes. You could be like, no. <laughs> okay. I know. <laughs> you could be like, yeah, you see Lil Phoenix in this movie? Yeah, he was a star. <laughs> hey, if you're a child actor, you're a star, no matter what. So, child actor. Uh, director has passed away 82 to 87 cold word mullet best of luck to you guys hopefully we can wrestle the belt away from nathan <laughs> it will not be easy but uh we're gonna give it a shot all right okay. we're, we're all on the same playing field now so that's all right so for those of you who are unfamiliar with film code uh the name of this podcast of course uh this segment one of us gives clues like phoenix just did Next week, the three of us, the two of us, however many are on the show, uh, will go ahead and use those clues and guess the movie that that person gave clues for. This week it was Phoenix. So next week, Brandon, Nick, and myself will go ahead and try and predict the movie. If you get it right, you get a point. If you don't, you don't get a point. And <laughs> then the winner at the end of the season um, will will be announced. So that's that's how it works. All right. So real quick, I don't know if you guys can see this. Uh, this is our new spin wheel. We are picking the next movie that we will review real quick. And uh, <clears throat> as you can see, we got a lot of tough titles on here. So this will be a, a fun little rank way to go through uh, and, and see some movies. So I'm clicking it Hopefully right it's now. it's a movie I've seen. I see new ones on there. I like it. Yeah. All right. And where's I'm Emily runs a marathon? Yeah. <laughs> We might get on there, and it looks like it's gonna. Oh be yes, please be the graduate. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It Let's is the go. graduate. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So, this movie. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yes. So we recently saw this, so this will be awesome to talk no, about. No, no, no. That doesn't even do it justice. <laughs> this is the only movie that Phoenix, Nick, and I all watch together. Brandon, I apologize. Um, <laughs> The only movie that Phoenix, Dick, and I have all watched together. If you've seen The Graduate, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> and Maybe it's not hilarious, it but it was hilarious people, to us. If you're watching it with people who you really like, like I like these two guys, it's just even more fun. You know, you got these movies that you watch with your friends that the movies mm -hmm. um, aren't even supposed to be that funny, but when you're watching it with your friends, they're hilarious. Uh, we were kicking and screaming the whole time. Yeah. As you can see by our reaction, we're, we're thrilled to be reviewing The Graduate. So Dustin Hoffman, the goat of acting. Can't, can't wait yeah. to review that. 
All right, so we got to get up out of here, guys. I've been Phoenix Cloud, and you can find me on Twitter at IMHOReviews1. That's the number one. And on Letterboxd under PA Clouden. And please follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FilmCodePod. Nick, it's been great having you, man. Where can everybody find you? Yep, you can find me on Letterboxd at Nick Spain, like all these other guys. The movie viewing has been slim but hopefully as i get settled here it'll ramp up um so yeah i got two words to uh leave me off for this show and carry into to next week when we talk about the graduate which is goodbye, goodbye Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> iconic brandon where can everybody find you man you guys can find me at f-a-n-t-a-s-m-i-c ears on twitter and letterbox that's phantasmic ears I, I, I'm not even going to say it. It's a new season. You guys, um, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to keep logging my films because I already am, but I'm not going to, moving forward past this, I'm not going to say I'm logging my films again because I've been saying it for past what, <laughs> whenever I'm on basically. 80 years. <laughs> so yeah, um, fan, uh, it's Fantastic Years on Twitter and Letterboxd. Check me out. All right. And Nathan, where can we find you, sir? Yep, you guys can find me on Letterboxd at Nathan Pig. I've got a little lightning symbol next to my name. Let me know you're following the show. would love to interact with you guys. Um, however you're listening to this, please go ahead and listen to our other episodes. Yes, it is a new season of Film Code, but there's still plenty of great content for you guys. We did WandaVision. We did The Mandalorian. We did a bunch of 2020 wide releases. We did Oscar predictions. There's tons of great stuff over there. Excited for the future, but don't forget about the past as well. Please follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Film Code Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully, you'll join us next time for The Graduate and in the future. All right, guys, we're out of here. Peace.